Ugh, another pointless video call where nothing gets done. I think you're on mute, David. Uh, oh, sorry. What did I miss? IT just approved Miro for the whole company. Miro? That's the... Online whiteboard. For team collaboration. We can make these long video meetings so much shorter with Miro boards. We can share ideas, feedback, and updates on them whenever. Actually see what we're talking about. It's all online. Miro will make our flexible work setup so much easier. With one virtual space for our brainstorms, projects, presentations. Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. So I don't need to wake up for 6 a.m. calls with the London office anymore. Now you're getting it. Don't let time zones get in the way of your team working well together. See why 99% of the Fortune 100 trust Miro to get good work done from anywhere. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Welcome to Tiger's SRD with two hosts who always start on second. Chris Brown. Never-ending parade of mediocrity. And Roger Castillo. Roger, you live in Detroit. Welcome to Tiger's SRD here at MotorCityBagels.com and the Tiger Miners Report. I am Rogelio Castillo alongside me is Chris Brown and Youper. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Art Media, and Stitchler and Google Play. And the Tigers right now are, right now, actually, Uriel Gonzalez just hit a home run for Toledo, which is their third of the game, I believe. Yep, he had uh, Zach Short lead off with a home run, and the um, Rodriguez also hit a home run. So more power in Toledo. I guess the, I guess the uh, Cardinals' second-best prospect. Uh, lefty, um, wow, got the guy's name I'm just drawing a blank right now. I said, oh. the, 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 who's ever pitching for Memphis is pretty good. <laughs> There's a prospect rankings, but uh, pitching in Memphis, down in Memphis. I'm pitching in Memphis. uh, let's see who was pitching for Memphis. This was, um, oh, Matthew Libertor, yeah. I did not realize he was already in triple A. I remember he yeah. was a first, first rounder from the Rays. Uh, high school friends. I remember watching him yep. t- take on Nolan Gorman in a big uh, high school matchup. Geez, just three years ago, right? Yep. Two years ago? Three years ago. Same year as Casey Mize. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they were in the, he was in the Rosarina trade. Yeah. And it was one of those situations. I remember we, we, we heard several different reasons because he was considered like a top 10 talent. And there were several different rumors about why he ended up falling to like 19th or whatever, where the race took him. Including one one thing, one story I heard was his agent was a real uh, novice and and overplayed his hand, his or her hand. I don't know who, but uh, yeah, they got him. Yeah, they got him from a Rosarena or for a Rosarena in that deal. It was it's sort of the thing where the Rays took him just because it was so much of a value. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't particularly like his uh, pitch mix or the or the way like the characteristics of his fastball, so they were able to trade him. And was just he, another- he was injured too, right? Right, he had some arm issues as well. I don't remember him getting injured. Not sure. Uh, I think, I mean, maybe. I think it was just, you know, they, they didn't particularly like the, the characteristics in his pitches and used him as a trade chip, as the Rays uh, often do. They're pretty smart about baseball, stuff like that. So, But that's yeah. cool, yeah. It's nice to see them beating up on him. I'll take that. Yeah, for sure. I will definitely take that. What are you doing? Why are you trying to fall? Are you guys live? Yes. Oh, I wanted to tell you. What? Um, Excuse me a moment. <laughs> oh, show meeting. Anyway, you live radio. So, I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, how have you been? Ah, hey, can't complain. 
we never uh never really get to just sit here and chat no no can't complain uh my son's birthday today he turned 11 oh happy birthday to 11 year old son that's 11 yeah his name is dashel dashel yeah dash for name, short. name for the former senator <laughs> no <laughs> there was there was a mystery writer named dashel hammett interesting he wrote the, the is that a fake name falcon no Oh, okay. oh, he wrote the, he wrote the Maltese Falcon. Yes, is nice. that one of the great um, MacGuffins of all time, or what do you call him? Yeah, well, it was, it was a it was a Humphrey Bogart movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whoever thought in a million years we'd bring up the Maltese Falcon on this podcast? So the <laughs> Tigers. Speaking of the Cardinals, by the way, the Tigers swept the Cardinals in two game series as the bullpen continues to form very well in these last stretch of games. They in the middle of by the way, for a fun fact, in the month of June they have an ERA of four point nine zero and a XFIP of 4.73. So right right in the middle of the pack, 16th overall. Tonight doesn't look too well for Jose Arena, who might be end up going to the bullpen. But again, it's the pitching is so thin right now. And, and Dan Dickerson was just talking about this on the on the broadcast. You who are you gonna call up? I mean, right now you, you Drew Hutchison, eh, I mean Willie Peralta. I mean, Brewers fans warned us about Willie Peralta. We had one of the fan side sites warned about us, yeah. but <laughs> um, I'll, I'll start with you, Chris. I mean, just right now, Homer Bailey signed a minor league deal with Oakland. I just, I just found that it was just, it was, I didn't even know yeah. he signed a minor league deal, but he's going to be starting in AAA Vegas. That would have been a decent move. I mean, I know he's 35 and he's not what he used to be, but that's something. Yeah, no, I imagine we'll see a lot more of that as the months go on. Actually, one of the questions we got today was like, who, the, who basically who's going to be pitching in September? Um, yeah, I don't know who else is out there. It wouldn't shock me if Edwin Jackson reappears somewhere. I think he's still only like 37, despite having you know been pitch, pitching for 20 years and been on 15 yeah. different teams. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a scramble for everybody. That's the thing. Like Jose Arena, he's been really on uh, a bad streak here the last several outings. He had those great starts uh, earlier in the year, a stretch of them, four or five, what, seven inning starts in a row. And they desperately need that guy to come back. I don't know if he will. I mean, he's, we know he's got kind of, he was pitching above his head, but I also don't think he's quite this bad and they, they just need innings from him. So I, I don't know. I mean, you, you mentioned Hutchison. I think we'll probably see Logan shore at some point. We might uh, just, they're just going to all hands on deck. Really. I mean, they're going to, they're going to have to, <laughs> they're going to have to find innings somewhere. And that right down, you know, they're down three of the starters that they began the year with. So it's I tough. Think- I think you're going to probably end up at some point. I mean, uh, once the once the main guys are at their innings limit or where their workload where they want to stop, probably going to see a lot of bullpen days, uh, some openers. Uh, they might have to dip down into Double A if anybody's got a decent you know run going like uh, Paul Richon or uh, I'm trying to think of the other guy Elvis. Yeah, Elvin Rodriguez. Elvin, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, one of those they might have to take some starts and take their lumps. Uh, because I was reading, uh, Peter Gammon said something today. Um, he was talking to an NL East G- GM. There's already teams calling about that guy's AAA depths uh, for deals. And he's holding everybody um, because all his guys are getting hurt. And, you know, this is kind of the the fall off from the quarantine season, from the COVID season. Uh, with all the injuries, the pitching depth is just getting taxed everywhere. This is not Detroit's only problem. I just... Uh, so I see a lot of bullpen days, a lot of living with the Hutchinsons of the world. 
Bartolo Colon is always in midseason form, shape. Yeah, he's, in Mexico. he's in Mexico, I believe. He's pitching <laughs> so, in Mexico right now. Yeah. Um, it, I think we're probably going to see a lot of uh, all over baseball. I think we're going to see a lot of 13 to 9 baseball games come August. Yeah. And, and, and the, the thing is, too, something that worth mentioning, too, about the, the, the lack of depth and what have you, even across the league, worth, it's worth mentioning that. It, um, tonight in the double A start for Jesus Rodriguez in the first inning, they had a pitcher conference and he, they were wondering because he seemed like everything was fine, but they had a, they were making sure he was okay. So even Erie right now, Erie's not getting a lot of production from their starters at all, and they've had some bullpen starts, and that is concerning. Considering you you look down at West Michigan, they basically have Erie has raided West Michigan for all the starting pitching, so there's not much left in the cupboard right now. And I mean, you're going to see the value of Rick Porcello, who's sitting there waiting, just counting the money and just like, hey, you know, like I'm I'm ready. Give me some money. And you also have guys who are playing for the Olympics right now, too. So that's also going to throw stuff off the hopper a little bit in terms of who's available, who's not, because I know that the Olympics are in July, Tokyo, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that you have Olympic qualifying right now. And you have also guys who are playing elsewhere you blame in overseas and so that plays a factor but i mean you know those guys will come up if they have to but it's still i mean right now it's or Brooke, by the way akil about two three for three what did he just do yeah double another double yep <laughs> just say the second double he's got three of the tigers five hits Where's Man, the- how, how good is al avila for ungirthing you know what I was thinking there must have been somebody who was kind of pounding the table for him in the rule five there must have been one person and I would love to know who that person is and I've got this whole theory now about uh we can this is a tangent and I may ask uh I may send a, a an email to Kevin Goldstein for his podcast to see what he thinks but there's you know we've had this years and years decades of this kind of minor league system where we develop guys and they go up a step once we think they're ready and they go up another step in we see what Badu is doing this year, jumping two levels, barely playing in high A. And, and you know that it's, you know, it's something that's not common by any means. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if there's a small phylum of, of players who can do that. Like, you know, you push a guy up to see if he can develop. There's, it almost feels like you're wasting time to see if he can develop. Hey, he can develop a double A. Now he's up a triple A. Can he develop here? Just go up to the majors, you know, just sink or swim, you know. And, and in particular, I'm thinking... Well, in, in obviously, it's not going to work for everybody, and you need a certain baseline of skills to succeed. Yeah. But I'm thinking about guys like Badu who show very early on a great approach at the plate. Yep. Like, think Juan Soto. He was 19 and in the majors because he has a terrific eye, and that sort of thing is just kind of innate. And I'm wondering if we're just wasting our time with a lot of these young guys, <laughs> you know, but by you know, going step by step when somebody like that, you just put them up and, and let them see if they can figure it out. But uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's just not that many of those players. No, and it's I think it's one of those things where I I haven't. We're talking about this yesterday, the other day, Chris, your 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 rants got you quite a bit of a Twitter pub and rightfully so. And he's the first Tigers rookie to have a kind of WRC plus in that in the same range since Travis Fryman, 1990, Mm -hmm. 1990. Think about that for a second. Think about all the Tigers high draft picks they've had since then. And have not got that kind of production. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm working on a, a piece right now. I'm working on a YouTube series about Scott Moore that's going to be coming out. And the amount of research I'm coming through, it's like, ugh. 
<laughs> well, yeah, and I, I I tweeted out, and it's funny, man. I, I I don't know what happened over the last few years, but whenever I put out like a really kind of milk toast tweet, it it's like <laughs> I get like 500 likes for some reason. I'm like, hey, the Tigers are playing pretty well right now. Like, bing, 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 bing. I, I don't know what it is. But, yeah, I said, like, hey, Kilbadoo's not getting enough national credit. And uh, that was, you know, and it, that was right after somebody at the Fangraphs had written an article about him. So it's not necessarily fair to say. But, yeah, I mean, he's like a top 50 hitter in baseball right now. And, again, it's as, as a kid who didn't play in double A AA or triple A. It's just a, a remarkable story. And like you said, his WRC Plus is like 132. I, I, I bet you it's like 135 after tonight. And, and we know, you know, it probably won't last like this. His BABIP is getting close to 400 now. But uh, the, the best, I went back 20 years in a different tweet to look at the best first seasons from Rule 5 picks ever. And it was Josh Hamilton at 130. And that was a very special case because obviously he was the former number one overall pick. He was kind of like the natural. Yep. Uh, and, and right. he was like 20, 27 at the time. The next best was like 113. And it was Odubel Herrera or somebody like that. And so a Badoo might shatter the modern record for performance by a rule five pick. And yeah, as you said, like the best performance by any Tigers offensive rookie in 30 years. So like I said, I, I, I think he just deserves more national pub. Of course, probably once he gets that, uh, you know, everything will fall apart, but Badoo. yes, indeed. Well, if they, if they keep protecting him and uh, he doesn't face a lot of lefties and he always has the platoon advantage, that's going to help him a lot. But I think getting back to what you said originally, I was going to talk about the approach too. That was, that's definitely, I think he had, maybe they knew this. He had kind of a broad set of skills. You know, he had a good approach. He had a dose of power. He has some speed. He can play a defensive position. Maybe that's the kind of guy that you can just move ahead because, you know, there, there's a, a breadth to what he does. There's not just one thing that the league can take away from him and then he's useless. You know, uh, so yeah, and it, I don't know. It, yeah, I probably oversimplified it because you can, you can find like Nick Quintana, I think, has got like a 16% walk rate in, in low A right now. Mm-hmm. He's also hitting like 140. It's like you're not going to bring that guy up. He's, he's walking because those guys can't throw strikes. You have to kind of see it in action, I would think. But yeah, yeah I don't know. And you made a great point, Yoop, about, you know, uh, Hinch is really doing a, a fantastic job of of putting Badu in situations where he can succeed. He's 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 struggled against lefties, although he did get a, a nice hit off a lefty. I think Hennessy Cabrera just the other day against the Cardinals. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he struggled against lefties, so he doesn't see a lot of lefties. And I don't know it's just a good job all around. I, I think maybe in September or August, even we'll start seeing him play every day, even against lefties, and that may drag the WRC plus down eventually, the offensive performance overall. But but he's going to need to see that event uh, at some point. So yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's hard not to be pleased with his performance this year. Yeah. He's going to get his reps in and, and just get better lefties. So, I mean, that's, that's basically what it is. And before we get to the, uh, or inside the numbers, I just wanted to talk a little bit MLB news a little bit. What's this whole sticky situation and people, you know, Max Scherzer taking off his pants, Sergio Romo, <laughs> all sorts of craziness. And it, to me, it's just kind of making the league look foolish. And then Rob Manfred, Rob Rob Manfred was basically saying, "Oh, everything's fine." I'm sorry. What did you have a bunch of yes men tell you that? I mean, really, what what game were you watching? Because how is he going to sit there and tell us, "Oh, yeah, it's going great"? I mean, it's it's. I mean, the umpires you're giving guys like Country Joe West and Angel Hernandez more fodder than they have ever had before. You think they screw with them then? They're going to screw with them even more now. 
be changing gloves with a Casey Mising? Ridiculous. The hat thing? It's just it's absurd to me. You're waste. You want the game to speed up, but then you do all these things to make the game slow down. Which one is it? Doesn't make any, doesn't make any sense. They went out of their way here <sighs> to create a scandal where there wasn't really a scandal. They weren't enforcing a rule for all these years. Everybody knew it. Nobody was really that mad about it. But they've made it into this big, uh, big hubbub over, you know, essentially nothing. I think what the big problem is they've made it such a spectacle, such an undignified spectacle that they had to do a mini strip search on the follow line. You know, if, if they would just get somebody in the dugout that could do it in the hallway, problem goes away. You know, it doesn't become this big thing. It's just something that happens in the runway up to the dugout. You get checked. It's over. And because I think the whole thing was, you know, to get the sticky substance out and get the spin rates down and, and, and help people hit the ball again, that's all fine. But to drop it on everybody's head here in June um, without a real good plan in place that's probably thought of all the permutations of things that could go wrong, that was that was really foolish. I mean, this is something they could have waited a, a while longer and figured out what to do. Um, because the baseball season, there's problems, but it was going along fine. And they've created this big hubbub over something that could have been avoided. Nobody trips over their own phallus as frequently and hilariously as baseball. Like they, they just never do anything right. It's they change the ball and it's a disaster. They're suddenly sticky stuff in the middle of the season. It's a debacle. They're changing the extra inning rules, seven inning doubleheaders. Everything they do ends up being negative in the public eye. <laughs> Somehow, I don't know how they're just remarkable at it. They're, it's like they're as bad as the NCAA at this point. It's not worse. I mean, you have at me, least they pay their players. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but they're trying the majors. To, yeah, they're trying. Yeah, and they're trying to even do that right now. You have all the stories about what's going on in the minors, and that's even more ridiculous. But my, 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 seriously, might as well start playing this music every time. Like they're about to do something. Like it's just it's. And, you know, I, I don't blame Scherzer for losing his mind the other night. It was actually kind of comical. He was ready to strangle people, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Girardi was messing with him, and he was giving it back to him, and it would have been fun I, to do square off. Honestly, what what is Joe Girardi thinking? Like, if there's any pitcher in baseball that you don't want to get pissed off, not because he's going to attack you, but because he's going to – Use yep. it to go insane on the mound. It's Max Scherzer. I don't. I don't know what that was all about. Like I don't think you can rattle Max Scherzer. It just makes him angrier and want to destroy you and eat the world. But maybe I'm wrong. I didn't see what he did after that. Oh, if Max fires a no hitter at the Phillies this year, I won't be shocked. Yeah. You know, here's and you know what's funny is the Girardi, who by the way had Michael Paella have the stuff on his neck. Somebody posted it out on Twitter. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, like of course. I mean, it's. Same dude, but I guess it's I guess it's different when you're playing against somebody like that, and it's the whole thing is just absurd, and it's just like some sort of really bad TV soap opera crap that no one wants to partake in. And in baseball, well, the the one thing about baseball that just doesn't even with the All Star jerseys today, what what are they getting? Like, do they ask like three people? Do they like do they believe in market research? Do they you know what I mean? Like, no, seriously, like do they look at stuff and go? Oh yeah, you know well, that's fine. Like three people in a room that are trusted. I mean, look, look at Max. 
I don't want to mess with that. Look at those eyes. Screw that, man. No way. He's staring at me like that. I mean, look at this. Look, look at look at these faces. Look, look at that right there. That's Mad Max at his finest right here. Look at this. And the headline is, is Max Scherzer the most bat-ass crazy pitcher ever? Yeah, he's up there. He might so, be. <laughs> yeah, he is. I'm not going to mess with that. But, you know, here we are dragging about this instead of talking about the game and stories like Otani doing so well. And, and we're talking about Kiel Baldu. Instead, we're talking about the, the umpires and, and all this, you know, unnecessary posturing bull crap. And, you know, as an umpire myself, uh, obviously an amateur umpire, but I feel bad. You know, the umpires kind of been thrown into this. Um, you know, you can say Joe West started it when he um, uh, enforced the rule a few weeks ago. But overall, I think most of these umpires, they probably want no part of looking at someone's belt every inning, you know, that kind of thing. They didn't sign up for that. It's just been very poorly implemented. And I'll say it again. Simple fix. Do it in, do it in the dugout. You know, have somebody in the dugout who's checking the pictures. Boom, done. I'll have everybody's sight. It's over. You know? Yeah. Oh, I agree. It's a simple fix, but they're they're making it in a public spectacle that doesn't it doesn't need to. And they're not gonna do it because it, I think to them it's it brings them possibly clicks on social media. I, I, I really don't know. There's no logic behind it that to me is sound, but you know, again, what do I know? It's I, I don't want to sound like I'm being like back of my day kind of thing, but I mean there's just so much yeah, we'll get to that. But anyway, <laughs> it's time for Rogelio and Chris to go inside the numbers. All right. It's time for inside the numbers. And Uper, what is your number this week? Well, I started looking at a series of numbers today. I was looking at the uh, I was looking at some draft stuff and I was looking at Baseball America's top uh, whatever it is, top 250, top 500, whatever it is. I was looking at the top 50 and then I was looking at the pitchers in particular. And I noticed that they have their, uh, their rap Soto scores, rap scores uh, for most of the pitchers, not all. Uh, so I was really interested just to take a look because evidently I tried to research and then I, I caught a minute of their podcast. It's all set up on the 2080 scale to mimic it. So their rap Soto score and those who don't know, don't know what the rap Soto score is. It's, um, checking their their spin rates but their spin efficiency and ranking them via you know how often they throw their pitches out of the same uh you know the, the tunneling effect i'm sure jim price would call it the keyhole you know <laughs> so um and just ranking pitchers with that and seeing you know who's the most effective with their spin rates and for the upcoming draft can you two guess with the highest rap score on Baseball America's list, mm. pitcher. So, which which pitcher has the highest rap score? Mm-hmm. Um, it's somebody. I'll give you it's somebody who's in the top twenty. Top I 20. would guess. I would guess Sam Bachman. Ooh, you nailed it! Oh, <laughs> yes, you got a fifty-two. <laughs> well, that's what they say. He's got probably the the best pure stuff. Two of best, any of the-, the two best pitches in the draft is what they're saying. Fastball. And slider, both a 70. Uh, Jeez. Uh, num- number two was Kumar Rocker. 58. Oh, there you go. Interesting. Uh, Chance Burns was 56. Lighter's out of 53. And Jackson Job is at 49. <gasps> oh, no. Future Tiger Jackson Job. Yeah, exactly. Below <laughs> average. Not going to happen. I, you know what? If they pick Jackson Job, <laughs> I think it's a lot more possible than people are. are 
Yeah. I mean, I think part of the problem is, is you've got all these rumors because the Tigers have been everywhere. It's the draft is a month later and nobody knows what to do. So they're going everywhere and being seen everywhere. So the, you know, like I said in, in our private chat, you know, just from reading around, the Tigers have been spotted at Job's outings. They've been spotted down watching Vanderbilt play. They've been spotted. Uh, who else were they spotted with? A lot with Meyer. They uh, they had private works out, workouts with Brady House. I, I think what would shock me, I guess, is if Leiter is on the board and they still take Job. But I, I don't think – in my head, I assume it's going to be like Meyer, Leiter, and then they're picking between Job and House. And I think they might go with Job. Well, Leiter, everybody is really saying that Leiter is pricing himself very high because he's a draft-eligible sophomore. He could possibly go back, I suppose. I doubt he would. But he wants number one money. He wants to get to the Red Sox at number four, supposedly. I mean, that's all the chatter you hear. So he's trying to price himself down to the Red Sox. Uh, but, we'll have to see. And that's what's interesting, because if the Tigers really liked Leiter, they have the second biggest bonus pool. They can give him whatever he wants. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if, they, if they're really trying to be cute and, and save money for second, third round picks or second, you know, cop round and second round picks, then maybe they won't. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's only two and a half weeks away. Well, I'm a I'm a Kumar Rocker guy. I was I was kind of fun to see his rap score was uh, significantly higher than Lighter and Joe. Um, not that you draft on rap score, rap rap score. <laughs> okay, and I know that, but um, I just Kumar Rocker is a horse. I mean, he's, that's a you look him that that that's the guy you want on your side in a bar fight. I like that over the little <laughs> skinny guy, um, yeah. and you know Rocker's performed on the highest level. In college, and performed extremely well. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't understand how he's kind of gone backwards a little bit into the bottom half of the top ten. Uh, and if Detroit took him, made a good deal there, and spent more money on the next two or three picks, I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, I do wonder if it if it's uh, sort of this this kind of over analysis groupthink. But everybody who sees Rocker, or at least all the the, the the chatter now is that like, yeah, they're worried about his ability to get swings and misses with the fastball in the zone. And uh, same with the breaking ball. They think he has to throw the fastball above the zone and the breaking ball outside to get swings and misses. I think that's, you know, you're kind of nitpicking there. I, I agree with you that he's a horse. Um, I think somebody's going to get a pretty good pitcher. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. There, there's some people conf- uh, worried that he's a reliever. He's had yeah. some, even going back to when he was in high school, he had some issues with his fastball getting squared up a bit. I think that happened uh, in in the Vanderbilt's first game against who are they playing two days ago? Oh, days ago. NC State, NC State, yeah. NC State, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, uh, well, boy, what a what a rousing comeback oh, no. against Denver last night. It was yeah. Arizona, Arizona got to him. Arizona, Arizona, oh, okay. who just just lost their head coach to LSU. Yeah, I was thinking about that NC State where NC won one nothing. That was a lighter pitch, and that was a yeah, that was oh, that was a really good game to watch. Uh, that was one of the first games I actually. Stuck around and watched the whole thing for. And the for me, before we get to yours, Chris, I just want the best available player that can impact the Tigers right away. As cliche as that sounds, but as simple as it sounds, the Tigers right now, you look at it across the board. I'd rather them go with a pitcher than a hitter because if you look at Spencer Trokelson's progress, Riley Green struck out twice tonight, but again, that's uh, against the lefty. He, whatever. Missed, he missed a couple games. So and he's been sick. He's been under the weather. The English off to a good start. And you have Andre 
Lipsius, who's also doing pretty well. You have other hit. You have you have some hitters in your system right now, and the Tigers do not have any pitching. They don't. I mean, it's just it's simple as that. You can t- you can tell me all. You can try to sell me all day on Brandon White, and Brandon White's doing really well for West Michigan. That's great and all, but until they get the Erie or they can be impactful, you look at Mark Leiter Jr. right now in AAA Toledo. They don't have anybody, and so I think that if they can get somebody that can step up right away and come in with the next year or two. And that's what I think they should do. But again, so, we'll see. Raj, if, if they if they were right now, if you could wave a magic wand and they could mimic the twenty eighteen draft the Royals had with college pitching, where they got like, you know, five in the first three rounds, is that what you would like to say? If they went like Jack Leiter and or Andrew Abbott, uh, that Mikulski from Fordham, and those first three picks were three solid college pitchers, that's you'd like that? I like that. And but with the caveat that the Tigers are going to spend a little bit to fill the holes because mm-hmm. the shortstop, like we mentioned, or Cody Saberhagen on the athletic mentioned, Harold Castro's minus six and his collective Tigers are minus, I think it's they're minus 15 defensive runs saved as a shortstop right now. And they're five below the, the, the next closest. I forgot what it was on, on Twitter. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, as long as they're spending a little bit of money, then yeah, do the Royals plan. I know that some of those Royal stars are not exactly working out right now, but give it time. You still, you're building out your system and they still got Bobby Wood Jr. And who's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Who's considered a top three prospect. So as long as they do that, that's fine. Is If they do that. So uh, Chris, what's your inside of the number? Oh, just one second. I'm getting video of Dylan Dingler's second triple of the night. I, I already took care of it. Oh, ahead well, never, never mind. Good work. I yeah, didn't see thank it. You. Yeah. So. Yeah, that one put Erie up eight to seven in the night. Dylan Dingler, yeah. triples machine, triples two machine triples from a catcher in one night. Uh, so good work. I don't even have to do these videos anymore. Roger's just all over it. Uh, so my inside the number, as usual, I've cheated and picked two. My uh, inside the number is 6.4 and 66.2. So 6.4 is Matt Manning's swinging strike rate through two starts. Mm-hmm. That ranks 510th out of 518 players who have thrown at least 150 pitches this year. Obviously, it's a small sample size, but uh, for reference, Jose Urania is at 8.1%. Kyle Funkhauser is at 99 and every other Tigers pitcher is above 10%. So Manning, 6.4. Fulmer leads the team at 148 and Scooble is second at 139 So basically double what Manning is doing. Uh, everything I know about baseball, or I've learned about baseball in the last 15, 20 years, tells me Manning should be getting absolutely shelled, and yet he hasn't. <laughs> Uh, his average exit velocity against so far is 91.9, which is in the bottom 10th percentile of baseball. Uh, the expected batting average on a slider is 402 and on his change, it's 474. And yet, like I said, the results in his first two outings have been great. Uh, it, in maybe it's because of that second number I mentioned 66.2. That is the percentage of forcing fastballs. He's throwing. That's the highest of any pitcher, any starter in baseball, uh, first out of 237 who have thrown at least 150 pitches and the expected batting average on the four seamer is just 265. So even though he's throwing it all the time, batters can't seem to square it up at least through two starts, you know, and maybe it's because of the spin rate, which is kind of the opposite of what we normally expect. His spin rate is 1960, 1960 RPMs is the fifth lowest among all starters this year. In some so way, something was like twelve seventy two or something like that it was some some really. I think he, he may have thrown one, or it was yeah. probably getting confused with his his changeup, which is also also ultra low spin. But it's it's still it, it seems to have the same a similar effect, if not similar but different effect of the high spin guys, where it's it, the pitch is just not doing what batters expect. It's not going where they expect because it doesn't spin at all. 
Uh, and so, yeah, he, he's, he's still getting kind of weaker contact on the fastball and throwing it all the time. And the results so far have been great. But as I said, like everything I've learned over the last few years tells me he's due for like eight runs and two thirds of an inning at some point, but you know, so far so good. He's given them innings. They desperately need it. And it's nice to see. Yeah. That, yeah that, the, the, the stat that, that cracks me up, cracks was, me up that was that he's the first tiger to throw five innings and allow two runs or less since Clint Sadowski Clint Sadowski in 1996. Wow. And that's a guy who, or I mean, who was, I'm sorry, 1995, 1996. Clint Sadowski, rather. I, I just, one of those guys, like, he was, end up trained, they end up trading him to Houston for Damas, uh, Damaselli the following season. So that was, you know, that was Randy Smith's special. He was drafted in the ninth round by the Tigers in 1990, 1991 in that era. So that was the last person I expected that to happen to. So, you know, it's interesting. I was listening to, uh, some the the guy who owns Rapsodo and just listening to him talk and I was doing some digging into it. Um they were talking about effective spin rate and how there are some guys, uh, there's a subset of pitchers who have a lower spin rate, but the spin that they do have is extremely effective in making in getting movement to the baseball. Uh where there are some pitchers who have a lot of spin rate but only 30% of it is effective spin rate. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, and they were saying that sometimes when there's less spin on some pitches, it fools the batter. It makes the pitch look like it's tumbling. Like uh, a knuckleball, similar to a knuckleball action. Yeah. So, you know, is there some of that with Manning? I don't know. I'm not well-versed enough to say, but I would say overall, you're kind of right. Just the lack of strikeouts and the lack of swing and misses. There's going to be some, uh, out of luck that goes against him at some point but that's okay he's got to learn you know um uh, i kind of like the curveball when he does throw it it's, it does not seem like a sweeper uh it kind of goes down and i think that will help eventually uh play to both right-handers and left-handers because it's not coming at either one it's kind of going vertical uh, if, as long as you can keep getting better at it yeah yeah what's interesting so far is is that most of his his primary breaking ball has, at least according to Savant, has been categorized as a slider. Okay, and it's it's kind of getting demolished so far. But yeah, he's he's thrown a handful of curves that are a little bit slower, and those haven't been hit as hard. So I don't know if mm-hmm. I don't know what the deal is there. Really, I mean that used to be you know his primary secondary pitch, and it just doesn't look great so far. I thought his changeup actually looked much better than I expected. Uh, yeah, I thought it, so too. At least a viable pitch. I wouldn't call it a, a, a plus or even average, but it was like, hey, that's a viable pitch. So I don't know. Like, like you know, maybe he'll make some some progress here in the next few starts. I'm hoping for it. Yeah, I hope that the the curve gets a little better, and that it, you still see a little what he's guiding it still a little bit too. So my inside number is from from Jesse Rogers of ESPN, and he was doing articles on the how to save baseball and some of the things that were coming out. Um, terms of just data that was interesting the point zero point one four triples per team per game is on pace to be the lowest ever in a full season i mean and, and not including 2020 and so far this season four percent of plate appearances have ended in a double the lowest mark since 1989 and there's few stolen bases per team per game 0.45 than there's been in any season since the mound was lowered in 1969 so, i believe it and again, to blame it on sticky substances is just absurd, I think. But just 
Yeah, I think it's velocity more than anything. Yeah, velocity and also again conditioning. You're, you're talking about the last year and a half of just weird. Everything's been thrown off schedule. But again, I'm just saying this from an amateur point of view. I just think there's a lot more to it than just sticky stuff. But I, I don't know. It's just again, it's just putting a band aid on a on a crap sandwich or, or you know, there's crap all over. <laughs> no, there's a, no. You know what? Let me let me rephrase that. There's a crap wall, right? And then you just put a band aid on it and going, oh, all right, that'll work. No, no. There's more. You gotta. You gotta clean it, you gotta sanitize it, you gotta do a lot more to that wall than just put a little band-aid on it. And that's what they're doing with this, at least in my opinion. That's a bad analogy, and I apologize, folks, but I couldn't think of anything else. I'm worried about this crap wall being uh load bearing. That's uh <laughs> that's trouble. <laughs> but uh Yeah. Anyways. I don't have any, you know, I don't have, I don't, yeah, I don't have a. you know, I deserve, no, I, 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 I definitely no, deserve I, one of these. Get off our show. <laughs> no, it's just a, it's a solid mixed metaphor. I like it. Um, no, you, your, your overall point is right. Like, yeah, there's a lot going on here and, and you can't blame it all on the sticky stuff or the stinky stuff. The sticky. icky. So the good. Oh, that's good. The bad. Oh, that's bad. And the ugly. Oh, my God, I'm proud. All right. It's time for the good, the bad, the ugly this week. And Chris, go ahead and lead off the good and the bad, the ugly for us. All right, my good is Luis Garcia, the kid pitching against the Tigers tonight. Um, he's got a generic name, and he was really under the radar for a while, so it's kind of like I, I don't blame people for maybe not knowing who he is. Uh, but he, he signed with the Astros for $20,000 when he was 20 years old out of uh, Venezuela, I believe. And that was really kind of one of the many smart things that Houston did was they – Instead of you know sticking to the sixteen year olds, they 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 targeted some of these guys who were still out there trying when they're twenty. Because you know, down in Venezuela and the Dominican, if you're seventeen, you're over the hill. But if you got a guy still grinding it out at twenty, then you don't have to worry about the makeup at all. This is a guy who desperately wants to succeed, and and sure enough, four years later, he's one of the better starters in baseball this year. As a matter of fact, by WAR F WAR before tonight, he was tied for the third best pitcher over the last month behind only Jacob deGrom and Kevin Gosman. Uh, what's interesting, he's kind of, he pitches backwards, I guess, uh, by trade. His fastball is kind of average, but he's got four other pitches, and they're all pretty good. Yep. His slider, cutter, curve, and change have all been really strong this year. And and he ranks fifth among all rookie pitchers in war. Uh, and like I said, it's just another example of the sort of smart stuff that Houston did over the last uh, decade or so that, that continues to pay off for him. He's really fun to watch. Uh, not, I don't, I'm not going to bore people with my family, but he is on mine, so I've watched him a bit. <laughs> he does a funny. He does a really funky Texas two-step with his windup, where he's all over the uh, the rubber. It's hilarious. Um, but you know, I, he get, that's how he gets his timing. He probably throws off the timing of some hitters. And yeah, he throws a really cool mix of pitches. He's he's a fun guy to watch. I I probably watched him pitch well, maybe maybe eighteen, nineteen innings so far. He, he's a good pitcher. Yeah, and, and I, I, the Tigers have done a little bit of that, you know, plumbing the depths for older guys. I think An Angel de Jesus or Angel de Jesus was a guy who was 18 or 19 when they signed him, and, and he's up in AAA now. He was pitching tonight, and it didn't look like it was going too great. But we know that uh, Dave Littlefield really likes him, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, but uh, <laughs> take that from the bank. My uh, my bad. I wrote this before I looked at tonight's game. Was Aaron Judge? Uh, which is, you know, this is always relative, of course, but I was looking at stats over the last two weeks. And uh, in that time, Aaron Judge was nine for 47. Uh, so just 205 with 22 strikeouts, no home runs and just one double. 
Uh, of course, last I checked tonight, he was three for three with a home run and two walks. So nuts to that. Yeah, but like I said, otherwise he's been pretty good this year. He was hit 278 heading into the, uh, the year uh, or tonight, 15 home runs, career low strikeout rate of 27.7%. So just one of those weird bad stretches that you see from from great players and, and appears that he's <laughs> hit his way out of it tonight. So, so much for that. Uh, my ugly is the Cleveland pitching staff. Uh, particularly the starters. You know, I thought the Tigers were in rough shape after losing Tehran and Boyd and Turnbull, but uh, yikes, Cleveland. So they, they they already lost Shane Bieber, who of course is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, they they lost Plesac because of the stupid jersey injury or whatever. <laughs> and they just lost uh, Aaron Savale or Savali. I don't know, Telly Savalas. I forgot how he pronounced his name. Uh, I think they said for four to five weeks with a finger injury. Um uh, and I was looking at the other starters they've used this year have combined for a 731 ERA over 112 innings. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, you know, one of their top prospects is walking one out of every five batters, 20% walk rate. Logan Allen and Eli Morgan have given up 11 home runs in 27 innings, which is not ideal from starters. Uh, they're just two and a half games back of the White Sox right now and two back at T- Tampa for the wild card. And, uh, <laughs> I know they... I know they grow pitchers in a lab down in Cleveland, but but it's hard for me to see them getting through this and, and staying in co- competitive without those top three arms. Yeah, I mean, this is probably yeah. the best job Terry Francona's ever done as a manager. You know, and, you know they they could they could stay in the race if they had their pitching because the White Sox has slowed down a little bit lately. Yeah, and the Twins are still a dumpster fire. Yeah. Maybe I mean maybe they will. It's just it's hard to picture without those big three. I agree. We'll see. All right. So, Youper, what is your good, bad, ugly? Well, my good was uh, we touched on actually we touched on all three of them so so far today, which is fine. Um, college World Series has been a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, I, I enjoy college baseball. I try to keep um, fairly close track throughout the season, but then really kind of hone in here through the super regionals and to the end. Um, a lot of great baseball. The NC State story is a lot of fun. Uh, they started the season; uh, they were one and eight in conference and four and nine overall. And here they are with a really solid chance at winning the College World Series. And they got a fun little team. Um, little inside nugget for us, uh, Tiger draft wise: NC State first baseman Austin Muir, four hundred on base percentage. No power, plays first base only, so not your typical guy. But evidently, someone who knows told me that Austin Muir was one of the three teams that called him last year prior to the five-round draft was the Tigers. Um, they didn't come together on a deal, and he, they didn't end up needing to take him. Um, but if the Tigers are looking for a senior uh, draft pick in rounds six to eight to save some cash, Remember Austin Muir from NC State. I'm going to call my shot right now, Youper. They've been drafting out of the Carolinas the last couple of years. You look at Brian Packard. You looked at the uh, Deathridge who came from, I believe he came from NC State, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would be surprised. I would not. I'll, I'll, you know what? Ninth, between the ninth and 12th round, he goes to the Tigers. Call my shot be, right now. I'm just a leadoff hitting first baseman. <laughs> yeah. That, that just sounds like non-conventional. And if the Tigers already talked to him before, they're going to draft him again. Because Tigers, or they always have that kind of history where they, they like somebody, they like somebody to go back to the well. So, as you were. All right. 
my bad was those all-star jerseys. I mean, I will just be short with it. Hideous. You know, I, 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 put my, I have my son, you know, uh, he has one of the better Jersey collections you'll ever see. He ain't getting one of those. <laughs> no. <laughs> so they can put those for sale all they want. No, those are ugly. I don't know who came up with that idea. They got the little Henley buttons, like a Henley t-shirt. <laughs> well, well, I got to ask you though, Youper, those jerseys, or the, would you, okay, if you had to have the choice between two jerseys, that one or the turn back the clock ones from 1999, which one would you have to have? Ooh, wow. Those turn back the clock ones, I think, I think of the, the ones the Mariners wore and the Rockies, they were so bad. Tigers one was even, they didn't even try. They're like, oh, we'll just put some futuristic number to it. And then the, I saw the away one, Dan Hasty posted on Twitter today. And that away one, I never seen that before. That looked like somebody designed it on a construction paper in kindergarten class, like just <laughs> terrible. Um, but I, you know what, come to my head, I go with the 99 ones, I want the Seattle I, one or the Rockies one. But I'll tell you, I did get my son the sweetest Brooklyn Dodgers Jackie Robinson jersey. That thing is primo. I'm very excited to get that. For, it didn't show up for his birthday. I was pissed. But oh. supposed to be here tomorrow. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, uh, we just got an update, by the way. Um, Jimenez hit 97 in the game. Whoa. There you go. Joe, Joe Jimenez? Yeah. Oh. Thank you, uh, Kaiser. Uh, Maybe he's there. Yeah, nice. He's getting limber now. Which is really ironic because he comes up here shortly. But go ahead. Uh, you better finish up. Okay, good, bad. I'm going to go with the good, bad, and the funky, not the ugly. Because this isn't ugly. I've been seeing a lot of, uh, and we already, I was going to talk about the strip searches, but we already talked about that pretty hard. Uh, Jonathan Scope, having a wonderful month. Fantastic. Been the best hitter in baseball, almost more or less, for the last, you know, since mm-hmm. the end of May. Um, seeing a lot of people in many different places talking about they need to extend him. You know, I'm really reluctant to entertain that idea while he's in the middle of a five-week heater. You know, um, yeah. because, you know, this is the best he's ever going to look. I'm more apt to look at his career and the, see, the, see the fact that he's been more or less a league average guy. Uh, that's what he is. And that's what you'd be signing. Yeah, I don't think you, uh, the folks who are really enamored with him right now are, are are looking at the home runs. And it's been fantastic <sighs> again. But I, I would hold off on any three-year deals on uh, Jonathan's scope. And I'm sure the Tigers probably are thinking that, too, because They've been able to sign him in the offseason for one year deals for two years in a row. We're going to say, Chris, go ahead. Oh, no, I, it was, you know, I was going to discuss that too because it, it and there's a, a certain parallel to me with, with Nick Castellanos. There, there are two pitcher or two players who, when they get hot, look like Babe Ruth. They look, they're hitting everything. Mm-hmm. The problem is they, they swing at everything. And when they're not hot, they're, they're kind of a disaster. So that's why I wasn't getting too overheated about Castellanos for the last month. He's been just kind of average. And, and if you look at Jonathan scope in uh 3000 plus career plate appearances, so 3000 plus career plate appearances over however many years, do you want to know what his WRC plus is? What's that? It's 100. <laughs> it's entirely average. That's what he is. Yeah. Now he's been, he was 114 last year and 125 this year. He's had uh, a couple good seasons before, but he's a guy with a career 4% walk rate. He swings it, you know, like I said, he swings at a lot of stuff. <laughs> when he hits it, it's great. He hits really hard, but well, uh, he's going to go through a slump later on. It's just the way it is. It's players like him do that. That home run he hit yesterday, for instance, that pitch was buried inside. I mean, 99 
time you follow that pitch off, you know, yeah. if you get it at all. But he's just in the middle of this heater where everything's magic. He put the barrel on it and knocked it out. I mean, but you can't live and die on that one, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then I wrote a piece, a trade piece about it. And I was surprised on the, re- uh, no, 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 you know what? Sorry. I wasn't surprised on some of the reaction I got from it because at the end I put, they don't trade him because it makes the Tigers a little more interesting come the end of the year. But then you already hear from Jim Bowden of the athletic and other where else that they're going to trade him. And a lot of the fans were like, don't you don't trade everybody. Why do you have to trade everybody? Because that's how it works. Okay. Yeah. So don't yell at me because I came up with them. Your, your ideas are stupid. Okay. You want fine. You can criticize the players I brought up, but knowing the Tigers history, you then you come up with three players then you go ahead and do the research on it tell me tell me who they trade for you tell me huh <laughs> get out of here it's not worth a top 100 prospect the the cubs one i threw in there as a would be cool scenario that's not going to happen again the reason i'm getting so animated about this is because the tigers unless they change their history you go by what they know and i'm and, and i'm tired of them saying well they always trade everybody they don't always trade everybody Candelario is still part of this team. Boyd's part of this team. They trade who they need to trade. Like, for example, Toronto is definitely going to be looking at Jose Cisnero, Cisnero in the next month or so because they got bullpen problems. And we're gonna, we, the Tigers are not in the position to keep everybody. And he's going to help the young kids. Okay, great. That's awesome. But then you, lose, you get nothing out of them. I'd rather than take a flyer on a trade on a 4A guy or possibly somebody else to help out. And that's exactly what happened with Canelario and Paredes, who are part of your infield now. Get out of here, that nonsense. Anyway, I mean, if you don't want to trade them, that's fine. I'm in the opinion that if they can get something for him that's serviceable because they have so much holes on this team right now. This team is thin. I don't understand how people do not see that. I don't. Paper thin. Uh, paper thin. So it's been disguised a little bit because they've been winning for a month. You know, they're, yeah. they're like 20. I don't know, 23 and 18 now in their last 41. So for, they've had a nice 40 game stretch, but the fact are, they're still 10 games under 500 and they are, as you say, paper thin, they have no depth. Uh, so it's been a bit of a mirage. I know people aren't going to like to hear that either because it's been fun to watch. I've enjoyed watching the last, I've enjoyed games. it too. I've, I've but, thoroughly enjoyed this, but it's not real. You know, yeah. the, the 2018 tigers were even better. They were 36 and 37. You know, and they were playing relatively acceptable baseball, but that team sucked. <laughs> this team might be better because they might have a higher overall talent level because of the pitching, but odds are we're going to have some ugly days in August, you know, and that's Agreed. okay. Yeah. And it, you're right. Exactly. It's okay. So go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was just looking at, oddly enough, Jonathan Scope's uh, swing percentage is down 6% this year. It's he's a career 56% swing rate guy, which is since 2016 is the ninth highest in baseball, but this year it's only 50%. So maybe he's made a huge change to his profile at the age of 29. Seems unlikely, but uh, maybe that explains why he's hitting everything right now. I like it. Yeah, there you go. All right. So my good, bad, ugly the, for the evening is Tiger's bullpen themes. So I, I created an entire theme of it and I usually don't do that too often, but the Tigers pitching bullpen the last month has been pretty good. And so worth mentioning the good is Gregory Soto in the month of June. He's got a K per nine of 11.25 and has given up just one run over two hits and struck out 12 and in nine innings. And he's got a FIP of 1.41. His ERA is zero, but a FIP of 1.1 pretty damn good. Can't argue that results. Yep. The bad, which is ironically enough 
is Joe Jimenez, who in this month, in six months, six innings of work, is walking batters at a 15% clip. It's got a FIP of 5.68. So, you know, the 97 mile an hour fastballs are nice. Don't get me wrong. It's cool. But he still has some issues to work on. Hopefully he does. Hopefully he does. And, you know. And then the ugly and kind of funky is the end of the Bo Burrows era. And he was a first round draft pick in 2014, Chris, I want to say. Is that right? Yeah, 2014. That's right, yeah. And that's the last of the draft class. And he's gone. And and I don't want him to be known as the guy who threw up on the mound because I feel like I've seen that on social media. Like, oh, you know, he puked on the mound. John, uh, John Boy Media did a whole thing about it. And, and that's great. But at the same time, or it's kind of a kind of like, I don't know, kind of a dick move in my part. No, that's really in their part. It's a dick move to keep highlighting that. That's not what he's known for. You know, he's a guy who's lost, well, he's lost a little bit of velocity. And, you know, he's a first rounder, has not worked out well for the Tigers. And, you know, a high school arm that did not work and it was the last of the Dombrowski era, correct? Draft? Uh, no, th- he was there for 2015. And then. No, no, I mean, it was a Dombrowski that picked him, right? It was a Dombrowski draft. Yeah, Dombrowski yeah. was also in charge of the draft in 2015. And oh, that's right. Was, okay. All right. But, but, uh, well, wait, was, was maybe he was the 2015 pick because wasn't Derek Hill the 2014 pick? Yes. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. He was the last of the Dombrowski picks. Uh, but the, you know, but then he, he goes to Minnesota because Minnesota picks him up on waivers, which kind of surprised him, I'm not gonna lie, and becomes the top 30 prospect in MLB pipeline. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, yeah, I, I mean, we, we did see him hit the mid 90s in that uh, outing where he was thrown up. Uh, he just he never really got a consistent secondary pitch and the velocity backed up, and there you go, like you said, there, there wasn't much there. And yeah, that that draft now they have Bull Burrows, who they've designated for assignment. And was picked up. Kristen Stewart was their other first round pick designated for assignment. Yeah. Tyler Alexander is their best pick from that draft at 1.5 war pitch tonight. They used Drew Smith to get Mikey Machuk, their third round pick. Uh, Matt Hall was in that draft. He's got a negative two war in his career. Kyle Dowdy. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. And they traded him for somebody. Yeah. They- Kyle Dowdy, they got uh, Willie Castro. Willie Castro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who has two errors tonight. Well, hey. <laughs> He's our guy. Yeah. So it, it, it's just like I said, the infield is just a giant dumpster fire at this point outside of maybe Candelario, but it's just been, I don't know. Hey, again, the Tiger, look, I will just say this. Tigers are playing over 500 since May. They've done a very good job. I will, you can give them credit, all the credit they deserve, and rightfully so. But we're going to call it the way we see it, too. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, and Omar Mazzara, I, I don't like, I, heard, I overheard some dude talking Spanish about Mazzara earlier and, and before I got in the room and look, the, the thing about Norman Mazzara is that it's just a matter of time before he gets DFA. And a lot of fans are, I'm over it because when you're swinging at knee high fastballs and not hitting them and you're known to be a guy that should be butchering that kind of stuff, there's a problem. And I mean, Derek Hill right now is in Lakeland. Victor Reyes is in Lakeland. They're rehabbing right now. I saw Reyes came out after one at bat today. One oh, really? So I, I don't know what Ooh. may have happened there, but yeah, but you have, you have Derek kill down there who the tiger fans want back up roughly. So he defensively he's good. You got Daz Cameron right now. And honestly, I would not mind if they, if Derek kill comes back up and you DFA bizarre, I outfield might be a little wacky, but you know what? I roll with that. I'm cool with that. Cameron had a double earlier tonight. Yeah, I think it's what Cameron is doing is, is kind of making bizarre superfluous. Uh, it, what how are 
you know, a few weeks there kind of made Jacoby Jones expendable. Now Haas has come back to earth pretty hard. Yeah, he had a single tonight. The break is over 15. Uh, but, slumps. but uh, yeah, if Mazzara is a left-handed hitter to try to get you power and uh, he's not hitting for power and not hitting. I, I yeah, it's not, it, it, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it more in a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, we got questions, Chris, what are the questions this week? So we did get two questions, uh, although they were kind of two two-part questions. So I guess we can answer them. Uh, and we kind of already touched on this. Uh, Ed Miller, old buddy Ed Miller, said, who's going to pitch those innings in September? And who's next off the 40-man roster? What did I say we were just about to talk about in a minute? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think Mazzara is probably one of the, the, the key targets there on the 40-man roster to, to be going. Uh, I don't know, you know, they get rid of him to bring up some pitching or add somebody to the 40 man roster, maybe Angel de Jesus or Logan Shore or somebody like that. I said, uh, but yeah, the innings in September, I don't know. You guys have any ideas? I think we're kind of hoping Joey Wentz will be able to do uh, something. Yeah. Um, you could make a handful of starts. I mean, we're probably, you know, five or six starts. I'd be, you know, help them get through the whole thing. But I think, I think it's Hutchison and it could be Del Pozo. Uh, they stretch him out in Toledo. He used to start, didn't he, once upon a time? At Pittsburgh, I think he did. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Put it this way, if, if if there's still 10 games or more under 500 in August, you know, they're going to put whoever they – whoever yeah. still can, is ambulatory, they're going to throw them out there. Um, and that's fine. They just got to get through the season. They got to protect who they got to protect. You know, we all know who those are. You know, they protect those guys and just get through the year, and they better have the offseason they've been sort of hinting at. Uh, where they where they bring in some talent, and that then the proof will be in the pudding. And then hopefully we don't have to worry about this kind of stuff moving forward. But um, in terms of Mazzara, yeah, he's probably next to go. I mean, but it was a one year deal. I never get too bent about one year deals. Most of us don't. It was worth a shot. He's hit some home runs in the past, and he was at the right age where he could potentially do something. But he's not, and he looks pretty bad. Uh, he's actually a little better defensively than I thought he would be. He catches most stuff out there, but. Um, uh, he just—he's not turning on anything. It's—it's it's kind of sad to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, other options to to get off the forty-man roster. I, I mean, some of the pitchers we've talked about, Del Pozo, he could come up and start. He could also get cut for somebody else. Buck yeah. Farmer, Buck Farmer—they already cut him once. I could see him doing it again. Grayson Griner, if they are really convinced that Rogers and and Haas are good enough to to run out the string as their catcher. Oh, I don't think anybody else would, would take Griner. I, I guess you never know with catchers. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not out of options. I, I don't think we'll see them cut someone like Daniel Norris, uh, even if it may be justifiable at some point. I, I think they just kind of play out the string with him. I think they're going to – it's going to be a minor league free agent that it's on a roster right now that is not being – that's going to be cut here next month. And, uh, oh, Ed, thank you for listening. Much appreciated. Um, there, I think there's somebody out there right now that's on a roster, that's on a triple A roster who is not who the Tigers are maybe been looking at, what have you. And when the draft comes up here shortly, there's gonna be a cut or two. I think that's what's gonna happen. I think that because if you look internally right now in double A, you have literally, I mean, I think Wentz will get some an opportunity, don't get me wrong, but he's still working his way back up. They're not gonna rush him, so maybe September call up. Unless he just catches fire, even if he catches fire, they'll still think he's got to build himself up. And yeah, and, and he's he's looking a little bit like Michael Fulmer in year one right now, where he's just yeah. he's not really commanding anything. But um, sorry, continue. Yeah, so no, that's who I think they. You know, 
What's up, Uber? I'm sorry. I've talked over you. I'm sorry. But I can see Tyler Alexander getting some starts. Yeah. yeah. Somebody like, yeah, eternal, like something like that. But it's, there's somebody out there right now. Like, I know that uh, the Brewers just cut former Tiger for 30 seconds. Um, that was in the Diamondbacks and the Blue Jays. Um, it was in the camp last year. Oh, my God. Oh, oh God. Is that, is that Godly? Yeah, Zach Godly was just oh. cut. So, yeah. I, no, and I, I think there'll be cuts like you're saying. And I think after the trade deadline, when some teams add, like, improve their roster, they're going to put some guys on waivers, some some French yeah. guys. And I think the Tigers will be there to scoop them up like so much kitty litter. Yeah, they're definitely going to be on top of that stuff. It'll be like that year they got Randy Wolf. Ah, Randy Wolf. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah Randy Wolf. That's a name I remember. Okay. And what's the second question, Chris? <laughs> Hey Randy. Uh, so, and then we got a we got a question from K Turret, uh, and this is uh, it's kind of goes to what we were talking about with Scope. He said after Avila dumps Jonathan Scope, technically he said after hashtag fire Avila dumps Jonathan Scope for negligible quote prospects, who should replace him at second base, Castro or Castro? And then part two, does Yariel Gonzalez get the call from Toledo to fill Scoop's uh, Scoop show Scope's reps at first base? Um, I, I think mm. ideally. I think they'd like to see Isak Paredes get more time at second base. Uh, I think Willie Castro has proven himself to be not so great defensively on the infield. And uh, they like Harold Castro, but he's in the middle of what, like a five for 60 stretch or something like that right now. If Harris Castro's not hitting, then he's not really good to anybody. Um, And then there's one other player. I don't think we'll see Ariel Gonzalez. I mean, it's possible. But there's one other player down there at AAA Toledo that I think we could see get some time at first base and second base if and when uh, Scope is traded away. I think it's going to be Cody Clemens. There you go. There you go. Yeah, Cody Clemens has been playing the outfield too. So I think the Tigers are trying to see what else he can do as a utility player because of, you know, mother is or the invention is the mother. I don't know how that term goes. <laughs> necessity is the mother of invention. Thank yes. you. Necessity is the mother of invention. So I think that's going to happen with Cody Clemens. I would love to see Yarl Gonzalez. It'd be a cool story and a feel-good story, but uh, I think the Tigers like who they like. And But, I mean, it would be cool to see Gonzalez. I, you, Brian, I don't know if you have any suggestions. I, I've, you know, I, I'm kind of on the boring side and the one that people won't like. I just roll with Willie Castro and give him the year, see what he turns into. I mean, I think the handwriting's on the wall. He might not turn into much, but I think if the you know if the team is still ten games plus under five hundred, you just roll with him and and make a final determination on what you got. Yeah, that's a good point. Was there any other questions, Chris? Was that it? Oh no, that was it. That was uh, yep. That's all, all right. I saw. So I don't know if any, anybody else happens to be listening right now and has a question. Looks like we've got three eyeballs up there at the quarter. So I don't know if yeah. that's the three of us. No, 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 <laughs> no, it's, it's, no, it's, uh, it's all the people on YouTube and. Oh, all people right. saying YouTube on Twitter. I, I didn't expect people to tune in because the game's going on and all that stuff, but you can always find us on YouTube at Tiger Riley report and coming out next week. I think we're going to be recorded this weekend. I'm just finishing up the, the Scott Moore draft. We're going to do a little, like a uh, little cool story. It's, it's just us talking about the draft and we're going to strip right now and do some research on it. So the Scott Moore draft, which was, it's very eerily similar to the draft right now. There's 20 years ago. Little, 20 years ago. So we're going to be talking about that at the 2001 draft and how similar it is now. And, and just, but like I said, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's moving parts to it. So we'll definitely be dropping that. And then we're also going to, if you want to check out the great piece done by Chris, on uh, the 2011 draft that's over at mercy That's also gonna be part of a YouTube thing too, as well. It's going to be a multimedia component as well. 
So um, next week, and I apologize for not announcing about the draft stuff, but there's some things that are in a kind of a holding pattern at the moment. So we'll have more information about the draft show. The draft show was scheduled. It's still scheduled July 11th location to be announced. So I don't, again, just wait on some information and all that. So we'll get back to you about that. And I also wanted to give a quick uh, tip of the cap to the next host of the Lockdown Tigers podcast, Scott Bentley, who will be, who will be joining us on the draft show, but tip of the cap, Scott Bentley. He took over this week and well, kudos to him. He's been busting his ass and just want to give him a shout out to him. And he's a good dude. Big fan of Scott. So, um, but yeah, like I said, we'll be back next week and hopefully we'll have a, like I said, that announcement that we're all pending on, or again, just wait on some information. I am Rojelo Casillo and Simon Chris Brown and Uper. And if you see a guy walking around in a wrestling mask and he's in tiger colors, punch him. He deserves to be punched. Until then, we'll see you next time. Yeah, that...